three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. Joined with me today is Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder, who joined me from College Station in Stillwater, Oklahoma, respectively. And guys, normally I'd ask how you're doing and stuff, but we really have to address our pick records because after two weeks, it is um it is bad. I mean, I think, Walker, you can throw that meme on the screen now, but I made a meme um this this past weekend kind of addressing the state of our pick records and just there have been about two trillion upsets that have happened in the past week and or the past two weeks and it's kind of just decimated um our picks so overall ryan currently leads us he is 18 and 15 walker comes in second at 17 and 16 i'm coming in third with 16 and 17 yes ryan we see the trophy you're not gonna be hanging on to it um i was in first for a while but a 6 and 11 week last week just kind of absolutely tanked me so uh walker i'll actually no, ryan you are the king of the pick record i'll turn to you first um you know we're through two weeks we're all pretty close to each other but these are not the records we usually expect what do you have to comment on that yeah, honestly, I I would love to just go crazy and be like, I'm doing the best. But in all reality, this is not a good representation of, you know, how I normally pick and how we normally pick. Uh, but yeah, lots of upsets these past couple of weeks. Lots of uh, lots of teams I've been relying on that have let me down and some teams that, you know, I, I'm glad I rode with Regents this past week. That's all I got to say. I, I'm glad I, I rode with Regents because I would have been so upset if I would have like lost to them two weeks in a row. So yeah, we'll see how it keeps going. I'm not going to get too cocky yet. We're only two weeks in. Yeah, no, I've, uh, if Regents would have lost, I think that would have been the effective end of the show. It would have it would have just completely ruined everything we've ever done. But Walker, I mean, I'll ask you the same question. Through two weeks, not great records. Your comments on that. All right, put your hand up if you have a positive pick record. Oh! I don't see whoa. what the point of that was, but... I just wanted to wow. say that. Um, very nice. I haven't done anything to you. <laughs> no, I apologize. I apologize. It's all <laughs> it's all the banter, as they say, over over the pond, as they say. Um, what? Over the pond? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, across the pond, over in the UK the or pond, whatever. They say yeah. banter. God, y'all are killing me. It's no, the I, I got it. Of these phrases. No, I, I Walker, I, I got you. Thank got you, you. Thank you. Uh, over across the pond, they say banter. Um, God, I'm under a rock over the pond. What are we doing? It's not even midnight this time. It's 830. No, it's not. Okay, your thoughts on the <laughs> it, pick record. Uh, could be better. Uh, we're still, we're still, you know, last year we were like, we go like 11 and 3 or like 12 and, you know, 4. This is a lot like we still don't really know the slate just yet. So hopefully... As the weeks get on, we get better. But man, it is it is bad right now. Yeah, I think once we get into district, it's going to calm down a little bit. We'll know these teams a little bit better. There are going to be a lot more common opponents we can go off of. And I'll say, like, even compared to last year, last year at the beginning of the year, I was picking based off of like 
name value and like team mascots. I really didn't know anything to start last year. This year, I feel like I actually knew some stuff and it just didn't even matter at the end of the day. I mean, just yep. we're getting decimated. But, you know, I mean, I think it'll even outcome district and our records might not be on par with last year. Ryan, I don't think you're hitting your 160 win goal, but I think um, yeah, I think I mean... we'll be all right. Yeah. So a lot of time left. I I could get some 16 and 0 weeks here and there. We'll or yeah, 17 and 0 weeks here and there. We'll see. We'll see how it ends up. That's a good point. I still don't think you ever had that one undefeated week last year, but we'll just move on past that. Moving on to our players of the week, the Texas Private School Podcast Players of the Week. We will start on offense in a ridiculous stat line. Hunter McCoy from Weatherford Christian goes 16 for 20 passing, 309 yards, five touchdowns rushing. He had five carries, 86 yards, and two more touchdowns. That is seven touchdowns total for those who are challenged at math in a 76 to 21 win against New Braunfels Christian. I mean, we were talking about this before we started trying to pick um, who was going to get this. We came across this stat line. There wasn't really a whole lot of debate after that. You know, Walker, seven touchdowns. That is almost 400 all-purpose yards. I mean, what do you think about Hunter McCoy just going crazy for Weatherford Christian? Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, the Weatherford Christian looks really, really good this year in TAPS D4. And I think at him at the helm as only a 24, so he's going to be a junior this year. I mean, they have a bright, bright future ahead for sure. Um, and I remember watching him West at seven on seven over the summer. And I was like, this guy could throw, he can throw the ball and he's accurate with it. He's just a really good decision maker as well. Um, and yeah, I was, I, I was coming into this year being like, all right, him at the quarterback helm with all those weapons, uh, with Braden Bork, who also had a really good week. So shout out to him. Um, but I mean, yeah, Hunter McCoy is a, the real deal there in Taps D4 at there at Weatherford Christian. So I'm excited to see him progress. And yeah, they completely dominated New Braunfels Christian this week. Absolutely. Ryan, Hunter McCoy, crazy stat line for Weatherford Christian. Your thoughts on our Texas Prep School podcast, Offensive Player of the Week? Yeah, no, I'm just going to follow Walker here. Uh, great week by Hunter McCoy. I mean, he went out there and did that. Uh, shout out his number one wide receiver this week and the man himself, Braden Bork, who did who did some stuff as well. I mean, Hunter McCoy just showing that, you know, whether for Christians on the hunt this year. And I think that shows they're, they're showing that, you know, when they put up 60, 70 points on anybody that they're, they're out there to out there to kill. Uh, so whether for Christian, man, we'll we'll see what they're doing. I still fondly remember the times I was watching Weatherford Christian my senior year of high school in 2018 as a six-man team, just absolutely obliterating other six-man teams. And now they're 11-man, obliterating other 11-man teams. So, you know, things change, but do they do they really at the end of the day? But congratulations, Hunter McCoy, for being our Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week. Now for the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week, we selected Jacob Wilburn, 2024 linebacker for Austin Regents, who had 14 and a half tackles, three tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, two pass breakups, and a 37 to 14 win over Midland Christian. That is a long stat line, folks. I mean, Walker, we were talking earlier. I mean, we said Wilburn was, wasn't he playing like a DB role like well, in he previous was all- years or do we? Yeah, I mean, he was he was all state as DB last year, and then comes as a, I think he was like one of the only sophomores in Taps D two on the all state list, and he was one of them. And I guess because I mean he's six two, uh, looks the part, and I mean just I watch I watched that tape, and it was very very impressive. Um, he just you know you know reads his um I guess the reads the the pulls right, you know, reads his gap, finds where he needs to play, and he just makes an attacks. Um, very, very impressive. 
Uh, I just, I wasn't, I couldn't say much more because the stats and the, the play showed for themselves and you'll see it on screen of just how much he was just so efficient in his game. And it's just, it was really, really fun to watch. And that, I mean, with him at the linebacking position, I mean, they're going to have a lot, of, they're not going to have to worry probably in that front seven with him there. No, just a fantastic job by someone who there is transitioning to linebacker this year. Ryan, your thoughts on Jacob Wilburn, an excellent stat line last week. I mean, that's amazing. That's so incredible. Gosh, I, I see some of these stat lines and stuff like that. And I kind of think to myself, like, is that even real? But like, yeah, Wilburn, man, that's insane. I, I had three tackles for loss, two forced fumbles on top of that with your 14 and a half tackles, like in the two pass break. I, I, I'm just saying some of these guys out here are doing stuff that, you know, if I ever played high school football, which I, I'm the one guy on this podcast that never did, I'm telling you right now, uh, I would not even be even close to that on the defensive side. I mean, that's, that's nuts out of the Austin Regents guy. Uh, you know, we'll see how Austin Regents fares the rest of this year. But right now with a guy like Jacob Wilburn on that defense, man, be scared, y'all. Be scared of Austin Regents. I uh, I have to side with him now after uh, after all the different things I've gone through with them. I have to, you know, support them like I've been there the entire time. Yeah, we can just jump on the bandwagon now. I'm fine with that. But right. congratulations to Jacob Wilburn for winning the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week. Um, before we transition to talking about some of last week's games, Ryan, what is on your head? Oh, uh, so I I went to Arkansas this weekend, and I I feel like I'm only going to be able to wear this hat for another week, and then I'm going to kind of get sick of it. So I thought I'd just put it on for the podcast. Is that is that not allowed? Let's do it together. That's guys. disgusting. Let's call, what, one second. We need to call those. No, hogs. no, We're no. The hogs. Oh. Oh. oh, I refuse. Big Let's go again. Oh, oh. Razorbacks. I we want have to, to have crawl some, out of my skin. No, no, no. We have to have some Arkansas fans that listen to this podcast. I have to believe that. I just, I, I, only, show, just, I, I just only don't know like that. Arkansas at all. Well, you know, there are good rivals, you know, the Southwest Classic with their West, but I know that deeply well because uh, our coach, before practices at times at like the six in, six in the morning practices, you know, uh, he would make us call the Hogs to get us awake uh, when we're doing warm-ups and stuff. So I know a lot about calling those Hogs. He played at Arkansas, if that makes call, sense. Call that the is, Eagles, man. Call the Southwest Christian Eagles. Oh, Eagles. I don't think that works quite as well, even though calling the hogs doesn't really work at all. I think it's a terrible tradition. I, I just really, really don't like Arkansas, and I'm terrified they're going to beat us this year, but that's beside the point. Anyway, moving on to talking about some of last week's matchups. Um, Well, we'll talk about you know all the our five games of the week in detail. However, just looking at some other stuff, Preston were beating Second Baptist uh surprised me a little bit um i was getting updated on that game as i was at the fort bend dc game um i think i, I think i picked second baptist I, i'm sure that that i was wrong i mean anything i picked ended up being wrong so i'm sure i ended up picking second baptist yeah. but yeah preston would hung on to win there esd beat liberty christian i mean and, that was, christian and that's smacked a, the esd liberty Go christian on. game that's a close game too and i mean yeah. esd looks really really good this year but Liberty hang, hung with it the entire time, I guess, and just came up a little bit short. But, yeah, very interesting game. 
yeah, four with Christian Smack done around, which I think I picked done there, which of course, but yeah, no, I mean, no, nothing in this division two really makes sense at all to me right now. It's just kind of crazy town. Uh, all Saints beat TC Addison. I was on the wrong side of that as well. Grapevine Faith destroyed TWCA, which um, Division Two District Two is going to be interesting. Me and Ryan keep saying that. I think it's going to surprise some people. Um, oh yeah, um, Shiner St. Paul um, beating San Antonio TMI by three points, thirty-eight to thirty-five. That was huge. Me and Walker were on the phone when we figured that out. We just went crazy. Coram yep. Deo destroying Green Hill, another representative of Division Two District Two. Um, Walker, I'm going to have to make you answer for Grace Prep being Southwest Christian, uh, 33 to 28. Um, I was at another game and I kind of was watching it and, uh, I, it was penalties, mistakes and Jalen Talton. I mean, that's basically how I would describe it. Their defense held, uh, their like wing T slash now a little bit new pistol offense a little bit now, uh, really well. And, uh. Um, they held Southwest Christian to only 28 and they, it was basically to where, uh, they scored like in probably four minutes left SES did grace prep with Jalen Talon. Like Jalen Talon is a dog, man. And we need to talk about him more. Cause he, I there were so many times I was like trying to watch it on my phone at, while the other game was going. And it was like, he would, they would almost get to him and then he would just make something happen. Do kind of that Johnny Manziel esque of just escaping the pocket, running, trying to make something happen. And Caleb Mathis was down there somewhere and he would always find the way. Um, Like Caleb Mathis had 234 yards receiving and Jalen Tolan had 312 yards passing. Um, It was just very, very impressive week. Um, I don't think SCS is, I think SCS should have won that game. So I don't think it's 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 an upset without a doubt. Uh, but SES needs to fix, you know, their defense for sure. Can't let a guy scramble like that. And they also need to fix just the minor mistakes like penalties and just stuff like that. Um, they're on the way. But, yeah, um, insane win. Hats off. Tip my cap to Grace Prep. You know, you upset them. Fair play and fair play. But, yeah. Yeah. No, just rounding out the rest of the games. First Baptist destroys McKinney Christian. I was on the wrong side of that as well. Uh, but Grace Community absolutely murks Will's point, which makes me happy. Grace actually looks like they're moving in the right direction. And then Austin Savio destroys Bishop Gorman. That's not really relevant to what we do here, but I just kind of uh, – it's it's old Tyler rivalries that I have to expose, although, yeah, there's not really anything else to say there. Cistercian beating St. Mark's uh, 3A, uh, SBC 3A beating SBC 4A is also very impressive. That was big. I mean, Coach Burke has a tremendous program down there with Cistercian. I played them in high school. I mean, they're very, very well coached, so I have to tip my cap to them. That was very solid. But, I mean, do either of y'all have anything else to say about? Yeah, I want to bring up that Lake Country John Paul game. Are you kidding me? That's a that's a TAPS uh, Division Three team beating a TAPS Division One team. I mean, uh, yeah. Or I guess John is no John Paul's not in Division One this year. Isn't that the whole debate well, as well? Technically, they're, I mean, for all practical ended? purposes, their their athletics are in. I mean, the highest classification of taps, but they're independent this year. I think. Okay, okay, I didn't know if I knew that fully. So, but still impressive. Forty nine fourteen. That's super impressive out of Lake Country. I know there's. Uh, I know they have a lot going on on that offense. I think they're having different guys play different positions on the on offense every week. But yeah, I got a shout out. I got a shout out. What's his name? Uh, the daughter. The daughter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kevin. Kevin daughter. Dude, that's crazy. His week this week as well was nuts. I don't remember the stat line fully, but yeah, Kevin daughter, man, Lake Country, good win. Yeah. No, I mean, 
fantastic on their part. But now, with all that said, we will move into our detailed analysis of the five games of the week that we chose last week, beginning with Parish versus Episcopal Bel Air. This was a 24 to 17 win for Parish Episcopal. Senior running back Cedric Mays leads the Panthers offensively with 170 on the ground and over 200 all-purpose yards as Parrish avoids the upset from Episcopal. Senior linebacker Cooper Mayland had a monster effort as well with 12 tackles and three TFLs to keep Episcopal's offense under 20 points. Looking at Episcopal, junior star quarterback Carson Gordon had a solid contest, throwing for 220, one touchdown, and no turnovers against the best defense unequivocally in private school. His favorite target was senior Lane Linebarger, who went for 150 yards receiving and both touchdowns. So, guys, I think this game was a little bit closer than we thought it was going to be, although we've been saying forever that Episcopal has it this year. You know, I saw some guys on the story that I posted saying that it rained at Parrish all week. They couldn't practice that much. The field was dirty. I mean, at the end of the day, both teams have to play under those conditions. So I think Bel Air really is just, I mean, a lot better than, than people expected this year. Walker, what are your thoughts on the close game between Parrish and Episcopal? I mean, I guess we got uh, Bel Air being our second private school in the rankings. Correct. Um, that's might've been the only other one that we got correct besides Parrish. It's so. the only thing we got right. Right. Absolutely. So hats off to us. Um, we do something right. We know we know stuff. Um, eh, yeah, maybe. every now and then. Every yeah, every now and then. But yeah, I mean, uh, the one thing I have to tip my hat to to whatever, tip my cap, tip my cap is that no, that's not the right thing. I have to give my props to Bel Air Episcopal in their defense holding that offense to twenty four points is very very impressive. Um. You know, I watched this actually matchup last year, uh, Bel Air versus Parrish on a Saturday. And I was like, huh, or no, on a Friday, maybe. I don't remember. But I watched it and I was like, this defense for uh, Bel Air, I mean, it's Andrew Paul was there. So it was still him being dominant. But like they held their own most of that night. And I was like, I came away being like, all right, no matter what, their offense needs some works. And they brought in, you know, Carson Gordon to help that this year. But their defense is going to always come ready to play. It's really well coached. And you saw that with only keeping them really close to the entire game. So, I mean, hats off to Bel Air for that. And, you know, you're going to expect that defense to hold solid for most of these weeks coming up. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Parrish is, you know, Parrish, they just found their found the little mistakes that probably Bel Air made and then they exploited them and, you know, came out with the W. Yeah, without a doubt. Ryan, your thoughts on the one-score game between Parrish and Episcopal? I mean, that's super impressive. Super, super impressive from Episcopal. Uh, it seemed like Alito couldn't even do that with Parrish and stuff like that. So it makes you wonder, you know, Episcopal really is super talented this year if Alito is, you know, playing worse against Parrish than they did. Um, but yeah, shout out, I, shout out to, I, I just have to give props to Episcopal. Like you have to give, like, you know, it's a loss by seven, but people don't realize that this Parrish team you know, is will never be touched. This is the closest game they'll have all year this season, unless they, uh, unless you're talking about one of these UIL teams that they're playing the next couple of weeks. But like, no private school team will ever touch them. Like, will we ever be any clo- any closer than Episcopal this past week? So, um, yeah. And I have to say, you know, shout out to the defense for holding Parish, but shout out to the offense for putting up 17 points on Parish as well. Like, you know, it's it's impressive both ways because. That means you had to get in the end zone twice. You know, you had to make your drives down the field. I'm telling you right now, this EHS team is super impressive. Um, 
yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what they do the rest of this year as well. Yeah, putting up 17 in a game where there was no garbage time. So none of those 17 points were garbage time points. It is very impressive. Ryan, I can just see it happening now. Somehow, some way, if some team clips perish somewhere, that clip you just said is going to get clipped out where you say no prime I'm okay. teams. Gonna... I, I don't think it's going to happen, no, but I can just see it in the future. I'm good with li- I'll live with that. I will live with that. I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so okay with living with that because I just know that it will not happen. It, it's a very safe bet to make, but that go on Walker. Uh, I want to say this because we're not going to talk about their game today because it's not one of our games of the week, but facing all Austin LBJ this week is going to be a very, very big tax. They have a lot of good players on LBJ. So it's going to be no, it's another one of that just tough non-district schedule. They're going to have to face and LBJ is full of talented recruits like Andrew Mubuka's younger brother that plays for Clemson that is playing right now. They got guys over there at LBJ, so it's going to be fun to watch that game too. It's another game where they're going to have to come ready to play against another elite 4A school in Austin LBJ. So, yeah, I mean, very impressive effort by Episcopal and credit to Parrish for holding off that upset attack. Moving into the game that I actually covered last week, that was Fort Bend Christian at Dallas Christian, and DC wins 32-28. to And I'll say here what I say when I was cornered by DC students who attempted to expose me for a TikTok. I pick Fort Bend Christian every time because whenever I do that, Dallas Christian ends up winning. It was a galaxy brain move on my part, and I just have mm. to give myself credit. And DC fans should also give me credit because I reverse jinxed you. In all seriousness, uh, this game was incredible, and it proves that DC isn't going anywhere. The backfield combo of sophomore Luke Carney and senior Zach Hernandez, who apparently is a TikTok star after I did a little bit of digging. Um, I spent a little bit longer on TikTok than I should have after the game. But <laughs> Carney had, yeah, the, that backfield's elite. Carney had 200, had over 200 rushing yards on 25 attempts, and Hernandez went for four touchdowns. Will Nettles was also impressive on both sides. The junior DB athlete they have been playing receiver now. I mean, he was very impressive. And guys like defensive lineman Philip Bazemore, offensive lineman Cole Burke, offensive lineman Porter Nix, and Devontae Dump Truck High also did an excellent job against a much bigger Fort Bend Christian front. As for Fort Bend, you know, Dever, Gardoni, Domino, Granville, all and others, they all looked solid despite the loss. And I think they're still going to be a force in Division Two. And guys, I'll actually just raise you this instead of commentary on the game. Can DC beat anyone in Division Two, Walker? Uh, anyone in D2? Yeah, anyone in D2. I mean, maybe. I, I, I'll I, say this. I say they have the potential to beat anyone in Division Two. I think they could go out and on any given day they could beat anyone in D two. I mean, okay, the top like five, right? You would have no, because if you say this, all these teams are immediately going to lose. <laughs> if we make a top five, they're all going to lose. Okay, just go the, ahead and the, do it. The normal powers of Taps D two, right? Could they beat yeah. a Midland? Maybe of uh, Regents, probably. Uh, beat, Grace beat, community, yeah. They beat South yeah, Christian last year. Christian. They beat Christian. South Christian last year. I mean, Great Fun Faith, they probably could beat uh, Fort Worth All Saints. I think they maybe scrimmaged them. I don't know. But, like, I mean, those are teams that, I mean, 11 on 11, Wes. I mean, you could you could argue for sure. I think they could. Yeah. Ryan? Yeah. Put, put, Carney, put Carney and, like, Zach Hernandez against, like, 
against like a other D2 team and stuff like that. It's like, I don't know. I feel like they're so strong, the two of them together, along with like the defense. I don't know, man. I, I, I think you have a really, really strong – that's a really strong case that you could say. You could make a really strong case that D.C. could beat just about anybody in D2. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I picked Fort Ben. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stand down against it. It was, it was a pick that I had to make because you know Fort Ben got me the week before, I think, or or whatever it was. But I think Fort Ben uh, is still a very talented team. A non-district loss to DC is never not gonna hurt you. Um, it, you know, it's just, it's just literally just a non-district game at this point. So DC is not even, you're never, you're not even gonna see DC for the rest of the year because they are in Division Three and you're in Division Two. So. I don't know. I really, it's just, just honestly a really impressive uh, win from DC. And I know you saw it in person, Wes. And so I'm not going to make any more comments because I mean, you, you kind of summed it up pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, one thing that really blew me away and something I didn't realize as much last year, Carney can run, man. Luke Carney has wheels. I mean, 200 rushing yards on a very good Fort Bend defense. I mean, Ooh. that kid can run. I mean, he he proves that he's a he's a Division One talent for a reason. I'm really excited to watch him progress. The kid's only a sophomore. I mean, I can't wait to see him. You know, in a year, two years, when he's an upperclassman. Let alone, I mean, I'm just very excited to see how Carney progresses and just what his potential can be. But that's all we're going to talk about. Fort Bend, DC, two very good teams moving forward. I'm excited to see what happens to them. Moving into another game that we kind of risked it all on was Midland versus Austin Regents. The game ended in a 34 to 27 win for Regents. I'd like to take a moment to thank Austin Regents because if we would have all been on the wrong side of this, we would have gotten destroyed on Twitter. And like I said previously, it would have been the end of the podcast. We just would have finished. You know, Regents actually went up 21 to nothing at the half as senior athlete Jackson Smith went for two touchdowns. One of them was thrown by freshman quarterback sensation Quinn Murphy. You know, there was some back and forth after that in the second half, but Mustang mistakes ultimately led to touchdowns from Murphy and Carter Smith, which effectively iced the game. Um, guys, you can answer or you can add anything more you want to this. I have another question that I want to pose at the end of this. Is Regents the new favorite in Division Two after Fort Bend Falls uh, Friday, Walker? Uh, uh, no. Maybe. So is Fort Bend then? Hey, we still got the whole entire north up there too. Yeah, I would still I um maybe it's the Fort Worth of me, but I still think I got Fort Worth All Saints in it. I think All Saints I mean, I think they have the dogs. Actually, yeah. Yeah, have, I think we overreacted that Nolan lost a little bit. I mean, All Saints, you have All Saints, Regents, Fort Bend, Second Baptist doesn't look terrible, and SES loss. I mean, it's and Liberty looks good. You have a you still have a lot of teams. The favorites, yeah. I think, are still for with All Saints. They have too much firepower and too much talent to not be considered. So, but I mean, Regions Ryan, is making a, were, is making a name for themselves for sure. That is true, Ryan. You were shaking your head. I, I don't know. I just don't think it's awesome Regions, and maybe I'm maybe you know I, I kept saying I'm trying. I'm like a big awesome Regions fan, but like <laughs> I, was about to say. I don't know. I'm going back and forth on myself. Oh, I want to look up for with All Saints because, like, you know, you only won by three against TCA. Now, oh, now they play the Oklahoma team of Holland Hall. Um, uh, Holland Hall's 0-2 this year, but we'll see if they even do anything against them. Holland Hall is also now SBC for anyone that's wondering. 
uh, Holland Hall joins the other Oklahoma City team in the SBC uh, for whatever. I don't know if anybody Cassidy? knows. Yes. There's now, so there's now two Oklahoma teams playing in the SPC. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But Holland Hall this year against All Saints, I don't know. I think All Saints can win this week, but I'm just, it's really interesting to see. They play a Pennsylvania team on the schedule in a couple of weeks and stuff like that. And it looks like they're going to Pennsylvania. So that's interesting. I don't know. All I got to say is I want to see what All Saints can do in these, in these, uh, is a uh, you know because how they play against Prestonwood and how they play against uh, this uh, Pennsylvania team is going to be interesting before I can go super high high ride high on the All Saints. So for now, I won't say the All Saints is the best team in D two, and I won't say that Regents is the best team in D two. I just I have to say that it's still up for debate, and I don't want to make that decision yet either because I feel like we already have the winners for you know I hate to say it, I feel like we have the winners for three out of the four divisions this year. So in, in taps, so I'm not going to, I like that. We still have a battle for D2. I think that's important. Yeah, no, I just, I wanted to create some conversation and just kind of see where gauge we were at as of now, you know, that's kind of our job is to overreact to things and then come up with right. hot takes. So I thought that would be an interesting right. question to start, but yeah, there's a lot of season left. I mean, it'll be, it'll be intriguing to see where Regents goes from here. But moving into our second to last game, Cypress Christian versus John Cooper. It was a 38 to 14 win by John Cooper. Yet another game I was on the wrong end of. You know, John Cooper gets back into the swing of things as senior quarterback Vaughn McKeever accounts for 240 yards of offense and three dragon touchdowns. He threw touchdowns to Gus Feinberg, who had a you've been mossed catch at the back of the end zone for a touchdown, as well as Owen Bad's guard, I think he had seven tackles on defense and an 80-yard rushing touchdown. Jackson Todd, the nose guard, Carson Berger, the linebacker, and Justin Kelly, a safety, also all were big contributors for the Dragons as they get back on the right track while beating Cypress Christian here. So, Walker, we all kind of – actually, did you? who did you pick in this game? I picked the John Cooper Dragons. I was the only one. Go me. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dragons. Well, <sighs> I was going to say we all drastically overreacted to week one, but clearly no. you didn't. So what did you see in the Dragons, and what do you think about them getting it done here? I mean, I trusted Vaughn McKeever in that offense, man. And Dean Calhoun is a dog, bro. Don't get it twisted. Um, He's a really good athlete, and he's he's going to be one to watch in the 25 class. Um, But, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think Cypress just – they lost a lot in that senior class. I don't think – they're probably the favorites in D3 in the South, but still, I mean – Max Landrum can't do everything by himself that he needs some other guys to help him out. And I think the defense will be probably there a little bit, you know, but I mean, they, there needs some firepower on offense and I'm excited to see who's going to step, step up later in district play for Cypress. Yeah, no, I agree. Ryan, your thoughts on Cypress Christian following John Cooper. Yeah, man, I, I'm excited. SBC 3A, that's a really, really good win for SBC 3A. Um, it's kind of, I feel like SBC 3A is kind of equal to the Division Three taps in my mind. I feel like that's right where I sit them a little bit. Um, and I think that's kind of just, you kind of just had the defending state champions play each other in, in this past week. So I, I like that. I like I like that, that you know, we had this game go on this week. And I, I like that John Cooper, uh, you know, give the props to the SBC 3A team. So, Great week out of Vaughn McKeever. You wouldn't expect any less from him. Um, but, yeah, I, I was wrong, man. I was wrong. I I, had, I really had faith in uh, Cypress Christian. But 
season's not over for Cypress Christian. And uh, I'm excited to see if John Cooper can pose another threat to be the um, SBC 3A champions. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a great chance to, and they proved it uh, this week by beating the defending D3 state champions pretty badly. So congratulations to Vaughn McKeever and company and the, the John Cooper Dragons. Moving into the last game, we have to recap. It is Lutheran South versus St. Michael's Christian Academy with one of the only games this week I was right on. Lutheran South wins 25 to 15. Junior Wesley Willingham, great name, leads the Pioneers on the ground with 90 yards rushing, while a dual quarterback effort from freshman Marcus Cantu and sophomore John LeBlanc combined for three touchdowns to Jalen Lowry and Trey Bauman. Carson Kruver also had a solid game for St. Michael's, throwing for 230 and two touchdowns with touchdowns to Lawson Watkins and Jackson Radke. So, Walker, we were talking on the way while well, I was on the way to Dallas. I think I was driving to Caldwell or something. <laughs> we were talking about St. Michael's with all the injuries, and do we think Lutheran South gets it done here? And ultimately, I decided that I think Lutheran South gets it done. I think you said that St. Michael – I think you picked St. Michael's in this game. Did you not? I did. I just didn't think, you know, it could happen again, but it did. I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on your pick and the game that resulted from that? I mean, I it just – it hurts for St. Michael's. I mean, but it sucks. But part of the game of the game of football, man, is you got to stay healthy. And the injury, the injury, I guess the the ain't the I don't know the injury bug has to be on your side, you know. And you got to stay healthy. And that's you know some of the best teams out there always get hurt, and you know you never you always have the questions of you know what if. And uh, I I mean. I think, you know, when they get their guys later in district, then you can have a whole conversation of, all right, it's St. Michael's. Because you also think this. I mean, if St. Michael's gets all their guys back week eight, right, they get three weeks with those guys, those guys are going to be fresh and ready to go for playoff time. So then you could talk about, oh, well, what about this? But for right now, I mean, Kruver is still doing it, 230 yards in a loss and still impressive. So, I mean, they don't have every single weapon. But hopefully down the line when they do, they can go back to being what what we think St. Michael's can be. Yeah, hopefully so. That St. Michael's team at full strength is really, really fun to watch. Ryan, your thoughts on the Lutheran South victory over St. Michael's? I don't wanna I don't wanna like go back on my pick, but I didn't know who was hurt for St. Michael's. I didn't know what was going on. And I, I think I said that last week. I was like barring Anybody that got hurt that I felt like that'd be like a game changer, which I do think there were game. No take backs. I I know, I know, I know. I'll take my loss. Okay. I'll take my loss. You know, St. Michael's being oh this oh and two this year is definitely something I didn't think that was gonna happen going into the season. But I'm not yeah, I'm not I'm oh sorry, I'm not gonna sit here and say that whatever. But it is very sad that St. Michael's has some of these players that are you know that have gotten hurt throughout the season so far. Uh, but I'm not going to take anything away from Lutheran South. Lutheran no, South is still yeah. a great win. Uh, you know, that's that's super impressive. Well, Wesley Willingham and uh, everybody else in that uh, Lutheran South uh, offense is just it's just very impressive. Um, and, you know, beating a team like St. Michael's, even with a couple guys out, there's still, what, 20, 19 other players that start for this team that, you know, are still pose a threat week in and week out for St. Michael's. So, you know, that, that's still a very impressive win for Lutheran South. I'm just, I'm very, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll say that. I'm very upset that St. Michael's, uh, you know, has not stayed healthy this year so far. I mean, yeah. Think about, think, I want to say, like, having Jason Stokes out who was going to replace Joe Moreland of just being that versatile athlete. And then Xander Romero out for both 
six weeks probably, you know, the, right. the rumor is. So that's interesting. Um, having other guys injured, you know, still banged up. They'll, they'll, the injuries will slowly fade away. But, um, yeah, we I, I should definitely give credit to Lutheran South. They deserve it. And it's going to be interesting to see come district time how they perform and if they give, like, four Ben or second Baptist some trouble for that second or first spot in that district. That would be interesting. I think the division right. is going to benefit from a good Lutheran South this year, and I hope they can perform up to expectations following this game. So congratulations to Lutheran South, and best of luck moving forward. But that actually concludes our game recaps from last week. And now we get into the fun stuff, the meat and potatoes, the games of the week for the week three. Five of those will have commentary, starting with Fort Worth Nolan versus Houston St. Thomas at the star. Nolan comes into the game one and one. St. Thomas is two and oh. The spread favors Nolan minus seven and a half. Nolan comes in off of a loss at the hands of College Station after drumming Fort Worth All Saints, where Cole Matsuda and Antonio Hall proved to be stars. St. Thomas enters two and oh after comfortable wins versus St. John's and Lumberton. The Eagles boast an electric offense with the likes of Dante Lewis, Luke Edgecombe, Schaefer Henderson, and Johan Cardenas. I think this game's going to be a barn burner. I think it's going to be offense, offense, offense. I think whatever the over-under is set at, you need to take the over. I mean, I think both teams are going to score a crazy amount. I think ultimately St. Thomas is going to come out on top here. Um, give me the Eagles. I don't like picking against Nolan here after what happened first week. I think Cole Matsuda, Antonio Hall, and that team are a lot better. I love Coach KJ Williams. I think they're going to be good in D1. I just I have to take St. Thomas here with how well Williams has been performing what I saw out of Luke Edgecombe and Schaefer Henderson. Walker, your thoughts on Fort Worth Nolan versus St. Thomas? I mean, I think I'm going to have to go with you on this one. I think St. Thomas, you know, looks like a, the just really dominant at this point in the season. Like they they're firing in all cylinders these past two weeks and um not saying that Nolan is not, you know, very strong performance week one and loses losing to a better team in College Station, but you know um, gets them prepared for having a tough opponent in this one with St. Thomas. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, Dante Lewis looks elite right now and really, really impressive. And having all the weapons he has and the linebacker core and the DBs with Grant Stewart, I mean, St. Thomas looks really, really good in this one. But, hey, if we know anything about Nolan Catholics, they have, love that chip on their shoulder and they're going to come ready to play. Okay, Ryan, you know the rule when two of us are already on the same side of a game. You know what you have to do now, so. I can't, y'all. I can't. Oh, I can't. No, I, I but I, I want to give a shout-out to Matt Suda and Antonio Hall. I literally said that that is my favorite combo. And losing to College Station last week, I mean, I, I although I picked that as, like the, as College Station to win, that's nothing against Nolan. That's just College Station. But I, I, I will say that, like, Nolan, Nolan is just a team that's going to be strong this year. Um, they're going to be very effective. Uh, with the All Saints win, I'm I'm very like I'm already sitting there, kind of thinking to myself, like, you know, that's a very good win. But when it comes down to it, St. Thomas has posed that that they're going to be a strong contender this year. They absolutely wiped St. John's. Uh, they go in and beat a UIL 4A team by was this is that is that 18 points if I'm not mistaken. They beat Lumberton by 18. Like. You know, I think Houston St. Thomas just kind of shows you that uh, they're going to go out a little bit stronger in this game. Um, I have Houston St. Thomas as well. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, this will be interesting. The Stars having some good private school games, y'all. Legacy versus Oak Ridge last week at the Star. This week we got Nolan St. Thomas. 
I want more. I want more private school games to be played at the star every weekend. We need to need to advocate for that a little bit more. I really think we should. I think that's electric. But so, well, now this gives me a reason to be absolutely terrified come uh, come Friday because now I'm gonna have to worry about Nolan winning and absolutely destroying us on Twitter. But that is a problem to wait until then. Moving into the second game, we will cover Munster Sacred Heart versus Shiner St. Paul at Fort Worth Nolan. As this is part of the Catholic Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, Walker. It definitely is. I remember I was talking to Coach Walksmith and Shiner this year or this summer whenever I gave them their awards. He's like, "Yeah, we're actually going to be having um, we're going to be having the Catholic Bowl in Dallas this uh, this fall." And I was like, "That sounds electric," and it looks like it's going to be a 2021 state title rematch. One and one, Shiner St. Paul will face off against two and zero Sacred Heart at Fort Worth Nolan on Saturday the 10th. Never mind, not Friday Saturday. The spread is St. Paul minus 13 and a half. And honestly, I'm going to have to side with the numbers here. I like St. Paul way too much coming off that big win against TMI. I like them to take another W against Sacred Heart. Give me Shiner St. Paul. Walker, your thoughts? That's a big pick. Um, You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go against Shiner St. Paul. And I'm going to go with Munster Sacred Heart. That, I mean, this might be very, very wild, and it probably is, but Munster Sacred Heart, Ryan Cherinsky was our one of our award winners last year, underclassman of the year, and he looked really, really good last week. And so I'm I'm excited to see what I need. I'm going to need stats. I'm going to need to see who comes out with this, but I really, I'm just going to switch it up a little bit and go Munster Sacred Heart in this one. Interesting. Ryan? Thank you. <laughs> oh man Swarzynski so, so, uh, has definitely looked good let, let me say that much um I just I I don't so I, I that's the thing I don't know who's on the Shiner team this year um I don't truly know who like who who the main guys versus last year you know you lose some of the best guys I think to ever play for Shiner um last year uh but Am I crazy as well to say that I also think Monster Sacred Heart also gets the win here as well? I think hmm. I think I think Swarzynski just looks really really good. Like I think he looks elite, um, and I think that's where I have Sacred Heart beating St. Paul. You see, I was supposed Picking to be the, I, the I, I was supposed back to... to back to back to back state champions. I don't know, I, man. I, I, I think I'm. I think me and Walker are right about this game. I, I, I although Shiner St. Paul is the back, 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 back state champions. I, I think I have to go Sacred Heart. Have to go. Sacred I mean, Heart. listen, I'm the one that went six and eleven last week, so the data says y'all are probably making the right decision. I just, I can't in my right mind pick against St. Paul here. I'm gonna have to stick with them. But that is interesting. That's actually not at all what I expected out of this pick. But I was supposed to I be the we'll... rebel one, but now I'm worried that I'm <laughs> totally wrong. Well, uh, Ryan's got I... a habit of just like following other people's picks. So yeah, it's because I go third. It's because I, I go third. Say, I was, I was like, I was like, that. I don't, I don't win any every time. Uh, almost yeah. no matter what Ryan has to do, no matter what Ryan picks, he's almost always following somebody's pick. So we can just pigeonhole, pigeonhole him into that. <laughs> now we can just say Ryan's following our picks. But 
that concludes. I will be on the side of Shatter St. Paul Walker and Ryan will be on the side of Munster Sacred Heart in the Catholic Bowl come Saturday. So moving on to the next game, Second Baptist at Bel Air Episcopal. This appears to be the game that I will be covering come Friday. Episcopal is the six and a half point favorite according to the Massey ratings. Second Baptist is coming is one and one coming off a tough loss to Prestonwood last week, where Episcopal enters also one and one after a close loss to Parish. Second Baptist will have junior quarterback Turner Murdoch leading the offense with his favorite target, JD Crisp, looking to give him a solid boost. Linebacker Kyle Colmorgan leads the defensive effort as the Eagles will attempt to stifle a dangerous Episcopal offense led by fellow junior standout Carson Gordon, and senior Lane Linebarger. Will they succeed? I don't think so. I think Bel Air simply has too much firepower on both sides of the ball. I mean, they lost to seven by Parrish, the far and away best team in private school, no debate. Um, I just can't pick against Bel Air in the spot. Give me give me the Knights. Walker? I'm going to go with you. I, I think I think we have them as the number one, t- number two team in the state. For a reason, and they showed it last week against Parish. I mean, I don't. I think though, I think Second Baptist is going is to come to play this week. I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna say it's. I think it might be a little closer than people expect, but that defense for Bel Air is going to be stout, and they're going to play really really good against Second Baptist. And I think it's going to be a tough test for Second Baptist. After I mean, they had two other ones that were really good, but I mean, this one is going to be very interesting to see. Can they rise to the challenge and play because jd gris turner murdoch are going to come ready to play but like is that defense for second baptist going to be able to stop carson gordon andre thompson lane uh line barger and others like that's gonna be very very tough to defend yeah no that is the question ryan your thoughts yeah i mean i i think we can just we can just chalk it up right here i, I think bel-air uh, it's simply just too talented. Um, they beat they beat a what's it called they beat a Livingston if I'm not mistaken, uh, a team that's four A, uh, for UIL four A. Um, just pieced them forty two to seven first week. Only lost by seven to Parish, one of the best teams, uh, to ever play in private school. If you're really gonna tell me right now that Bel Air isn't gonna win this game, I think you're crazy. Houston Second Baptist is gonna have a great year this year, but you can't tell me that they're gonna beat Bel Air Episcopal. I have Bel Air here. Um, I think they have them covering the spread too. I think they have I have them covering the six and a half point spread as well. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to watch Carson Gordon and Lane Linebarger, um, especially their uh Bel Air's defense as well. I'm also excited to see um Cole Morgan, J.D. Crisp, and Turner Murdoch. I think there's going to be a lot of athletes on the field. And I think, I, I don't know, I think Episcopal probably covers that six-and-a-half-point spread, but really, who knows? I mean, it's two talented teams. Yeah. So, moving into the second-to-last game, and by far and away, my favorite one, Brook Hill at Grace Community. In the most heated rivalry in East Texas, Brook Hill is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Coming into this game, Grace is 2-0, Brook Hill's 1-1. I'll keep it simple. With Reed Alexander, Nick Stewart, Caleb Wilson, Jamarion Johnson and company, I think this is a new Grace team that is riding the ship. Um, I think Brook Hill is a six-and-a-half point favorite after what happened against Grapevine Faith is arguably the most egregious error I have ever seen 
in my three years doing this podcast. I think Grace should be a double-digit favorite in this game. I really, really do think that Grace is going to finally, you know, get over this hump of losing to Brook Hill, which is traditionally something that never happens. Grace does not lose to Brook Hill. We've been shaky these past few years, but this is the year that it changes. Give me Grace community against the Brook Hill School. Walker, your thoughts. I know this isn't your neck of the woods, but I had to throw the game on the sheet because, you know, it's it's – it's a rivalry that that has affected me for a very long time. You know what? Let's go Ryan next. I want to switch it up a little bit. Ryan, you go with your pick. Yeah, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short and simple, man. Grace. I have grace right here. Uh, I think it's a, I, I, I think I, I have trust in my fellow co-host, uh, Mr. Uh, West Tolson. I think, I think I can ride with that. I think I can ride with grace and uh, yeah, I'm going to have to support West on this one. I have to support uh, division two district two as well. Uh, because, you know, if, if eventually if I hype up your team well enough to be the, like super hype and then legacy just destroys y'all, then it's just going to look really, really good on legacy. So I got grace in this game here against Brook Hill. I don't really know how to respond to that backhanded compliment, but I'll, I'll take all the help I can get. Walker, your thoughts on on the battle for East Texas? One second. I see the, the lights. lock broke hill. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop doing the this podcast. I see the lights. If you mortar lock broke hill, you will never see me on an episode of this again. It will be the end. One eternity later. It's been a long time. So okay, okay. For no, for for some reason, they don't have a color that I want right now, and oh, it is the color, for... the orange. I'm going to go with Brook Hill. For some reason, I just feel it today, and you know, you know what I'm in the need for. I need for oh, 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 a W. From Brook Hill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not non-context. TXPS has just already clipped that and put that and, on, uh, put that on social. You know, uh, I believe they have a couple guys that look, you know, look, not look the part. Um, you know, they're going, went down. To D2. They went down to D2. Name me one of them. Walker. Von Dawson, Reagan Steele. <laughs> Those guys are going to be really, really good athletes to beat uh, Tyler Grace again for this year and to show why in East Texas they still reign supreme. No, you – no, no, absolutely not. There see, is no chance that that happens. None. None? Walker, I opened up to you and told you one of my most vulnerable moments on the drive home from Dallas last week, and it involved losing to Brook Hill. I cannot believe you would do this to me on our own podcast in front of probably 600 viewers. But I have That's to... cold. <laughs> it's cold. Dude, dude, this has to be one of the most personable, personal <laughs> moments ever on the Texas Private School podcast. The time that Walker Lott betrayed Wes Tolleson. A, A2 Brute. <laughs> but, well, uh, I guess we'll see. And, uh, you know, don't get it twisted. I think the people of Grace are great people. I met them at 707. Some of them, they're great people. They look like a great team. Um, this. I have faith in Brook Hill, but this is a big just 
Hi, just to make some content with with West Tolleson. So yeah, you know, I figured I figured you knew you would elicit some kind of irrational reaction with the Brookhill Mortal Lock. So, but I mean, you got it, and I guess we're gonna see come Friday because Lord knows when it comes to my alma mater, I don't do anything rationally. So I, we will see how that game goes. I mean, they have yeah, they have Von Dawson, Jonah McCown looks like the quarterback over there. So I mean, last week they did beat Brook Loke, Life Oak Cliff fifty-two to six. I'm guessing Life Oak Cliff is in Oak Cliff, but I know nothing else about that school. So <laughs> it, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. But moving away from that, great. Now I have even more reason to just want to throw up come Friday. <laughs> moving into the last game, we're going to cover Grace Prep versus versus Fort Worth Christian. Fort Worth Christian is a 19 and a half point favorite, by far the biggest spread we have on this card. Grace Prep comes into the contest one and one. Fourth Christian is two and zero. Oh. You know, Grace Prep has had an odd start to start the season. After losing to Oak Ridge to begin, they bounced back and beat a Walker. What does SCS stand for? Southwest Christian School. Who did so? So who did Grace Prep beat last week? Southwest Christian School. What was the score of that game? Thirty three twenty eight. Who did Grace Prep beat last week? Southwest Christian. Don't don't ever don't ever pick my mortal rival ever again. I'm gonna hang on to this for a while. As you should. <laughs> so they beat Southwest Christian as Walker so graciously put it about four times, thirty three to twenty eight last week. Jalen Talton and Caleb Mathis both are incredible athletes, obviously, and they showed it last week when they beat Southwest Christian thirty three to twenty eight. Fort Worth Christian also has had success to start the season. They drummed a very good Bishop Dunn team thirty four to nineteen, and with a trio of Hogan Nelson, Jacob Trimble, and Luke Anderson, they look poised to make noise on this season. As for this game, you know, Fort Worth Christian favored by 19 and a half is just a crazy number. However, I'm leaning Fort Worth Christian. I wouldn't pick them to cover, but I think they'll win. I think both teams are very good, as I've made evident. But I think Fort Worth Christian is going to be slightly better at this point in the season. Give me Fort Worth Christian, but I would pick Grace Prep to, to cover if we're talking betting terms. But to make it as clear as possible, I'm picking Fort Worth Christian to win. Walker, your thoughts? This is actually a really interesting matchup. Um. I, after Grace Prep beating SES, they're more solid than I thought they were going to be this year. And I mean, all, all praise towards them and coach uh, over there. Um, and the, what's crazy is they didn't even really get the ball to Caden Lehu that much too. Um, and he's another dog over there. So, I mean, man, you know what? I think I'll, I'll go forward with Christian here. I think that's the better pick. Um, the smarter pick probably, and having they have a lot of talent, and I think they'll do good this year. But I mean, Grace Prep, uh, it's hard betting against Jalen Talent, man. That that dude, that dude can play. Um, and he's gonna put, he's gonna keep them in the game probably most of that game. So, no, he is undoubtedly a dog. Uh, Ryan, well, you have a great opportunity not to be able to pick trailer here. Who are you gonna go with? Yeah, I, I gotta be a pick trailer here. I I, I really do like. No, but I like I like Fourth Christian. Like I, I I'm a big fan of Trimble and Luke Anderson. I really like this Fourth Christian team. I think this is actually their year to shine. I've said it that this, they're going to be that third team 
to come out of what's called the South. Like I, I, I've, I've, or the, sorry, the, the first district in Div- division two, like I, I, I keep saying that they're going to be that team. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, I, I mean, literally that district just keeps getting harder and harder by the day with Liberty being so much better than they were last year and Southwest Christian, you know, okay. This is what I'll say. I have forward Christian for this game, but I'm going to pivot for a second. The Southwest Christian Oak Ridge game that's going to happen also this Friday is going to be insane. Because let me talk about this. The the battle that right now that has gone through the legacy being Oak Ridge with the Oak Ridge, you know, uh, losing to Grace Prep and Grace Prep beating Southwest Christian. I think this is where you see it all come together. If Oak Ridge defeats Southwest Christian here... I think I'm going to definitively say, I mean, because Oak Ridge is a really good team this year, but I'm officially say that Legacy could be Southwest Christian. Legacy would be, would be Grace Prep. I mean, I think you have so many different alternatives you can say for who beats who out of the situation, but I don't know. I, is Southwest Christian going to be one of those three teams that comes out of district district one in division two? I think that's the question now. And if Fort Worth Christian beats Grace Prep, then you beg the question of, well, are they going to take the third place? Is Liberty going to take the second place? Is All Saints still going to take the first place? Lots of if we if we didn't think coming into this season that there would be enough debate about this this district, uh, that it has only gotten crazier. So let's just say that. Yeah, just go ahead and add Oak Ridge to beat Southwest Christian in my card for this Friday. I am actively rooting for the downfall that everything Walker Lot knows and loves. I mean, you have you have made an enemy for the rest of your days here with that mortal lock. Good. I'm not let's, playing around. Let's go to war, Wes. Let's go to war. Let's make it a good I, season, man. I have nothing better to do than burn you to the ground. <laughs> I have nothing else better to do as well. So let's <laughs> do it. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. So that, with the conclusion of that, that is actually the last game that we pick for this week. So that also means that is the end of the episode. Is there anything else that either of you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, Go guard. Okay. Hey. No, we will. We'll, no, we'll, we will end the episode with Go guard. I, I really want to end right there just so I can, <laughs> I can remember that for the next few days. I'm acting like I'm going to have any outcome on this, on this game, but we will see come Friday. I have been one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis and Walker lot and Ryan Schroeder have been themselves. Ryan Schroeder did a better job this week than Walker lot. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one. Here we go.